is like baby making music. Yeah, this is some slow. This was actually sampled in a very famous song. Do you know what it is? No. Return of the Mac by oh, Mark really? Morrison. Yeah, he sampled. This was like, I think he sampled like three songs, but this was one of them. Okay. Oh, yeah, now I hear it. Yeah, you hear it now. Yeah. It takes a little bit, but I, I like I like listening to a lot of different samples and whatnot. So oh, yeah. I know me, a bunch. Song makes me want to. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this, this one. Them, get after. Yeah, this one. Them slow jams right here. This makes me want to turn the diffuser on and turn the lamp off. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Send the kids to bed. Mm-hmm. Maybe get under the bed and see what we got in the box underneath there for a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Oh, I need to chill out. It's 7 o'clock. I still got two hours to go before hey, I got to get it's, home. It's dark, Al. It's fine. It's pretty light in this studio, Daddy. <laughs> you just got to turn the lights down in there. I don't know if anybody needs to see that. Um, I never thought I'd get there on a sports radio show. Uh, this is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Two hours to go. You want to know where the season ends for teams in the hunt for this number one seedish talk that will take away the rest of the NFL season. There's no secret. If you were to, you know, see the schedules for Miami, Kansas city and Baltimore, you're jumping hardcore over on the, over on the Kansas city side of the schedule, right? At new England, Christmas day, Raiders, new year's Eve, Cincinnati, January 7th, Chargers. Right? You got Bailey, Zappi, Aiden O'Connell, Jake Browning, and Easton Stick. What we found out tonight. I was today years old when I found out Easton Stick was an athlete. He's played longer for the Chargers than Justin Herbert has. I'm about six and a half minutes of knowing who Easton Stick is. (laughs) He's been on the team since 2019. Bless his heart. He's 28 years old. You look at Miami's schedule moving forward. They'll get the Jets Sunday at noon. Cowboys on Christmas Eve. That's going to be a big one. Baltimore on New Year's Eve. To take note real quick, and I talked about this last night, I've had a couple of close sources tell me there's a chance the Chiefs and the Bengals game could get moved in the time slot that is Baltimore and Miami. Baltimore Miami play that Week 17 game on Sunday, New Year's Eve, or Christmas Eve, at noon, that game could be Kansas City, Cincinnati, and the more juice game, Baltimore and Miami, that could be played at 325. TBD. We'll keep you updated, obviously, here on 610 Sports Radio, your home for all Chiefs Network and Chiefs Radio information. And then Miami plays Buffalo in the last week of the season, which could be a real juicy game. You know? If you then look at Baltimore's schedule, boy, does it get interesting. They get Jacksonville, San Francisco, Miami, Pittsburgh. All four of those teams, playoff teams. So when you look at what this is and what your quarterback's situation is against other quarterbacks compared to theirs, Chiefs' schedule seems favorable. I still think by the end of the year, I agree with Pete and all this, that the Kansas City Chiefs will probably, will probably get the two seed when it's all said and done, which isn't a terrible thing, right? They've been the two seed before and 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 taking care of business, right? When the Tennessee Titans and their soft schedule 
uh, somehow got that one seed and, then and the Ravens out the very next week. Then yeah. the Ravens in 2019. So it's it's been done before, which is added to the level that is my assumption that the number one seed not as viable, not as viably important as it has been in the past with guys like Tom Brady in your division, where you don't want to go to New England, right? That's not there right now. And when you look at what this is, and you and you heard what Nate Taylor had to say earlier in the audio that we played. The regular season is great, and it's it's a way to figure out who you are and what you can be, but in all reality, you've always got the luxury of, well, there's one more week. If our young, inexperienced quarterback or you know coach doesn't get it right in week 12, he's got week 13 and onward to figure it out. The Kansas City Chiefs and their quarterback and head coach combination, which starts to get a lot more important as we move closer and closer to January, is miles and miles and miles ahead of everything else. And we're going to find out what kind of team Baltimore is who was on the verge of getting beaten at home by the Rams. Now, I'm not saying the Rams are a terrible team. But if you take their power stats and compare them to Baltimore's, you got to think nine out of 10 people would probably say, yeah, I'd take Baltimore any day. And football is one of those cliche things of any given Sunday. But you got to play San Francisco. You got to play Miami. You got to play Pittsburgh. You got to play Jacksonville. And Trevor Lawrence is going to get another week to rest that leg and kind of see if that ankle can get a little bit better moving forward. Didn't look great last week coming off of a fresh injury. Miami. You saw what happened last night. They lost to Tennessee. That was a game with the, when you looked at their last five games that you probably had as a locked win. So you you know you kind of put that in the win category. They didn't win that game. They blew a fourteen point lead in the regular season. Red flag. Kansas City Chiefs not necessarily blowing leads. They're just beating themselves. So you have four weeks against four pretty less superior teams than you to figure out what it is you're doing that are causing these self-inflicting wounds. Lining up off sides cannot happen in a playoff game. Fumbling the ball in the red zone cannot happen in a playoff game. Running the wrong route with the best quarterback in the league that knows that he's in the right situation and you're probably not, eight out of ten times, cannot happen. And when you think about this scenario for the Chiefs, you're 100% taking their schedule. We told you what they had to do to get the one seed. A lot of things have to happen in a three in a, in a parlay situation. But to you know, rest assured that you can be a two and give yourself the opportunity that if the number one seed fumbles and gives you the opportunity to slide in, that is there because your schedule is powder kegged enough to where you should take care of business. And the one thing that I'd love to see the Kansas City Chiefs do is get it figured out and then be that team that, you know, Chris and I were talking about earlier where everybody was like, I don't know if San Fran's a team. Brock Purdy's hurt. He's been out a couple of weeks. They look vulnerable. And then now San Francisco's back at the top of the power rankings. Everybody goes, this might be San Francisco's year. Dallas, earlier in the year, they got blown out, right? Blown out. Since then, Dak Prescott, probably your MVP. And after that, now they look like a team that's that's real. Philadelphia, of recent. Kansas City, of recent. They got things to figure out. Luckily for the Chiefs, they got four weeks against four soft teams to really kind of work on them and not have to worry about the opponent to a level of maybe outside of Cincinnati where Jake Browning's played good the last two games. But again, you're coming to Kansas City, never been there before as a starting quarterback against that defense. That is still great enough to win you a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think the 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 real kind of narrative about this AFC scenario 
Is that the only elite quarterback right now in the field of play for the AFC, I think, is Mahomes. Like, I like Lamar a lot. I don't really consider him elite because, uh, as Nate Taylor brought up in that clip you played a couple segments ago, he's never played an AFC championship game. He's right. had injury concerns the last couple years. Hasn't finished the last two seasons. Um, he's very unproven. I know he's won MVP before, but that was five years. It was four years ago. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, right now he has a whole hell of a lot to prove in the playoffs. And I I think if you look at Mahomes, it's like everyone knows what Mahomes can do in the playoffs. We've seen it for the last five years. And so regardless of where the chiefs end up, whether they end up as a, a, you know, the three seed like they are now, whether they get the one, um, I think at this point, regardless of what happens, the only team that has given you any sort of consistency in the playoffs in the AFC of the teams that are in there are the chiefs. The Ravens haven't the dolphins haven't like none of these teams have, have gone out there and proven it with their current groups. All of these teams are out here trying to change a narrative about them. And so it's like, no, it, I, I've said this for years about like the bills, like the bills every year have a chance to be the number one team. Every year in position to be the number one team, and then they somehow screw it up because being the the top team is very hard, mm-hmm. and not every team is cut out for it. And even right now, like I don't have faith in the Ravens or the Dolphins that they're going to be able to capture that one. And the Ravens, I mean, they've been a very good football team this year, but I still don't believe that they are by and large, the best team in the conference because they haven't done it when it mattered. So I, I think there's a lot of skepticism to be had about the other teams in the, uh, in the AFC outside of Kansas city. Right. I just want to see what happens in the playoff start. Cause it's real nice knowing that you got that luxury of next week. It's, you know, it's, we'll get back. We'll get it right. We'll figure it out. I mean, you hear the, the press conferences, you know, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll go look at some tape. It gets to the playoffs. You don't have that luxury. That experience, that clock, that that time, it, it, it crunches a little bit harder. It gets a little bit faster. Things move a little bit more. And and the one team that is miles and miles and miles, miles ahead of experience is the Kansas City Chiefs. So, again, let's just get to the situation. Let's get to the situation that is the playoffs, and let's just try to stop watching these self-inflicted wounds continue to hurt the team that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming on the other side, it, it is interesting. I was thinking about this today. New England, Kansas City this week. A tale of two different times of how one team is what the other team is now currently, plus some news that came out of Foxborough today regarding the head coach of the New England Patriots, Christian Nacero, Dusty Likens. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. theme tonight now dj juice tonight over there <laughs> baby you uh you big pop-up bar guy not really nah. my girlfriend loves them i don't mind them I don't it, mind depends, one or two. it depends on it depends on which ones yeah and you're it, 
I mean, most of the time when you go to pop-up bars, you're you're kind of with like a group. It's like not just it's oh, not yeah. really just one-on-one. Right, right. Which yeah. I'm not against that either. Yeah, um, they're very expensive though. Yeah, I so guess. So you gotta you know, I try to limit it. Like the Christmas ones are cool, but like there's the ones for like all these different themes and whatnot, and yeah. it, it yeah, it can get a little costly after a while. Yeah, I don't mind like, you know, going there having, you know, two cocktails. You go, you know, two different people, you, know, you and your your lady or you and your man. You go to a pop-up Christmas bar. Each cocktail is probably going to be 15 bucks. Two rounds. What? You're looking at $60? Yeah, yeah. No, it, still got to go get dinner? Yeah. You still got to get dinner after that, yeah. Or maybe you just go home and make it. You could do that, too. But, like, I mean, if you're out already, you might as well just go get something. That's fair. And I don't mind them. I just know that uh, the pictures that surfaced from, uh, what was it, Kelsey and Swift, they went out on a little pop-up Christmas bar. Yeah, I think they went to one of the, the regular ones mm-hmm. that does that do the Christmas ones. I think it's the one downtown. That's wild for them to do that. And that one's good. That one's actually really good. Yeah. I actually like it. Uh, so Twitter and, you know, Instagram, those things are weird. You never really know what the, the source is. If something pretty big comes out, you know, you kind of got to, you know, dial down. Now, if TMZ comes out with something, you can pretty much almost guess that it's probably real because they just, they know what you're doing without you knowing that they know what you're doing. And the rumor mill that is coming out of multiple sources is the Patriots have already decided that they would be moving on from coach Bill Belichick at the end of the season after their loss to the Colts in Germany earlier this year, a a source has been told. And the quote that comes from this says, when they came out of the loss in Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that the decision was made and they were going to play out the, they were going to play out the string. And at the end of the year, they would be parting of the ways of variety of reasons. Coran, the guy that broke the story says, Belichick is beyond the point where he could save his job with the Patriots once the season ends. And you can kind of look at different situations that have happened throughout the year, right? It's been kind of a, a very rough ending to a very long, prosperous marriage, right? Belichick and Kraft, when they had Brady and Gronk, and they had those teams and those dynasties where they won three Super Bowls in, in four years, and how great they were. Right, they were they were the top tier team in football. They were, you know, everybody hated them because they were good, right? And now it seems that it is ending. And you've seen things throughout the season. It's been Mac Jones and it's been Bailey Zappi. Then they put in Mac Jones and they put in Bailey Zappi. And now they've said that Bailey Zappi is a starter moving forward after his what three hundred yard three touchdown game on Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it's interesting to see where the Patriots were in 2014 as opposed to where the 20, 2014 Chiefs were, right? Chiefs were 9-7. and seven. Patriots won the Super Bowl. That was the Seattle Super Bowl that Russell Wilson threw the interception in and then, you know, should have gave it to Marshawn Lynch. Two years later, the AFC West would have a torch passing to the Kansas City Chiefs who still burned that thing brighter than ever at one arrowhead drive as the reigning, defending, seven straight AFC West champions, probably going to be an eighth this year. Not probably, they will be. I'm not worried about Denver. I'm serious. I'm not going to get into that conversation. They will have their eighth consecutive AFC West title. 
The flip is great because of where this was and the team that is Kansas City, right? And you start you start to see a lot of similarities in what that Patriots franchise was as opposed to what this Kansas City Chiefs franchise is. Now, the Chiefs have only been doing it for about a third of the time that New England has done it. And the Kansas City Chiefs are now currently the dynasty of the NFL. No one's done what they've done since Mahomes and Andy Reid have really taken over. Five consecutive AFC championship games, three Super Bowl appearances, two wins. Mahomes has two MVP trophies of the season, two Super Bowl MVP trophies as well. And they are the top tier team. They are the the model A of the NFL. When teams draft quarterbacks, all the comparisons we ever hear is he can make that Mahomes type of throw-ish thing, right? And now you're getting ready to play a Patriots team who is on the way out, right? Kraft and Belichick, for who knows how many years, have finally just had enough. It's time to end it. We've tried. We've counseled. We've done our best. We're just not meant for each other anymore. And New England, the top-tier franchise they were, is now crumbling down to the bottom. They'll have to draft a new quarterback. They'll have to start over at head coach. And they'll try to bring that New England way back that was so great for so many years, whereas you go to the other side of the opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs, and you see what they've been doing, right? They were very, very low before Andy Reid got there. 2014, 9-7 season. Next year, good win number. I think 10-5 and five or 11-10-6, and 10 and 11-4. I believe it was 11-5. Yeah. Because they started 1-5 and five and then they won And out. then just went on a, on, yeah. a, on a tear. Yeah. And you look at where the Chiefs are, and now – the Chiefs are that team that New England started to become, right? Great tight end, play with their quarterback, seems similar. Running through their division that's not really that great, seems similar. There was a surprise team every once in a while, right? When Matt Castle took over and went 10-5 and five and they didn't really win the division, the Miami Dolphins won it that year. Matt Castle then was, obviously, we know the history of that. But you look at Mahomes and where he's viewed at as a quarterback in the league, there's a lot of people that are really into it. A lot of people that wear the 15 jersey outside of the metro areas in the two states that really support the Kansas City Chiefs. There's others out there. And then there's other people out there like, I just really, the Chiefs are just annoying me. Mahomes is always griping. They get every call. They win every game. Every year we know what it is. Guys that do the radio shows in Kansas City always try to figure out why, you know, Andy Reid can't win coach of the year. We're tired of it. We get it. You're good. You're mad about an eight and five season. So be it. That's where this was. And now you get a game where Kansas City goes into Foxborough, a broken home, shattering amongst all its fans. They know it's coming. Now you get to go be that team that gets to show the team that formerly was who is the new sheriff in town. Go into this game, which they're, I believe, nine to nine and a half point favorites, depending on where you get your juice. Go into this game, take out the frustration and show the old franchise who the new franchise is in the NFL. Mahomes, no secret, the rivalry that he had with Tom Brady. Tom Brady came out on top. It is what it is. Beaching the NFC Championship game, beaching the Super Bowl, we get it. You can have your GOAT conversations elsewhere, not into it. But this is a game where you can send them out to where Bill Belichick will be like, you know what, I remember almost every single detail. I can tell you where everybody went to school, where everybody played high school, all of that. I also remember when Kansas City came in here and smacked our mouth when it was one of my last home games of my tenure in New England. And that's what I want to see this week. I want to see a pissed-off Chiefs team. We know Mahomes is pissed. 
I don't know if we've ever, if we're getting ready to see what type of Mahomes we're going to see moving forward. Because I've never seen the way he was on the sideline, George Brett-esque. I've never seen that. And I'm watching the game right now on NFL Network, and I'm watching them little by little how he comes off the field. Man, I think he's ready to hang some sort of 40. And what better team than the one that was what you're trying to become this week? I think the interesting thing about this whole Bill Belichick scenario is what if, like, if I'm building a franchise, I don't know who I would want that would be available that would be better than Bill Belichick. Right. And so it's like, like unless you're just telling me that all of that was Tom Brady, mm-hmm. which I don't believe. I think, it's, I, I think it's about 65% Brady. I think it's 50-50 because mm-hmm. I think great coaches always need great players, but I think that great players need great coaches too. Sure. Uh, I mean, just go look at Aaron Rodgers' career. Um, there are a lot of times where I think – we take away a lot of credit from the coach and sustained success with the team, especially when you have a coach throughout that period. That's the coach. Mm-hmm. Like that's, uh, that is so like the, especially when like, look at like Tom Landry and his career, like Tom Landry was, he won so many games over so many decades. Like, yeah, he had Roger Stallback, mm-hmm. but he was competitive in the eighties. <laughs> he was competitive in the sixties. I mean, this man was so competitive throughout his career. And, you know, look at Don Shula. He was, this man won a Super Bowl. He had a perfect season before Dan Marino. It is so hard to be successful for a very long time. And it's really hard to to have a lot of success uh, when you have, when you're constantly like changing out your coaches all the time. Mm-hmm. If you've got a great coach, I think you keep him until he's until he's finished. Even if you have a bad year like this, maybe you say, "Hey, eh, maybe kind of back off on the player personnel stuff. Yeah. Let's get you some help." You know, Andy did that when he came to Kansas City. He got some help so that he didn't have to handle the entirety of the player personnel side. You could do that, but I I just feel like in this situation, you know, if you know those reports are indeed true. You're getting rid of a guy just to make a change as opposed to making a change because this person clearly is not good enough to do this job. And even if things are bad overall, to me, it's like it's more than just the coaching aspect. You could just make a change as far as who's doing player personnel. So, like I said, I just I think that this whole scenario is going to come back to bite the Patriots. And, you know, because all it takes is one bad hire and you're going to screw up whoever you draft at quarterback number two overall, which is probably going to be Drake May. And you you get the wrong coach. All of a sudden now, Drake May isn't what a lot of people think he is. And next thing you know, you're having to pick another quarterback and hire another coach. And things aren't you're, you're going to end up in the same position that a lot of those teams you faced in the AFC East during those Belichick and Brady years. You're, you're going to end up just like them now. I think. It's more so when it comes to this game, when it comes to this situation, that the relationship has just gone to there's no recovery. Well, we don't. I mean, I we don't know the actual relationship with Belichick and Kraft. Like, it's kind of hard to comment on that because we don't know their their interactions I'm just going behind off closed of what, doors. What people report yeah, that that's are what very I'm close to the team. Yeah, so I'm saying it's like it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard because we don't know everything that's going okay. on. Okay, but so. again, what I'm trying to get at is that there's multiple 
reports that are people that are close to the team. So where there's smoke, there is normally fire. And we've seen this sort of situation happen before in Philadelphia, right? Andy Reid is a generational type of coach who had a lot of power in Philadelphia. And that's one of those things that we see that when these situations happen, they eventually get to the point where it's like, look, we've had a couple bad years. We don't agree on a lot of things. It's not going well. We have thoughts on you. You have thoughts on us that are probably beyond recovery. And that's the thing about Bill Belichick that is is evidently clear in New England is that he's got a lot of power because he's earned it, which just like Andy Reid. Philadelphia did just fine after, well, maybe not just fine, but they got it right eventually in eventually, Philadelphia yeah. after Andy Reid left. Uh, yeah, immediately it was Chip well, Kelly. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. Well. That, was like, that was the hot hire. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the thing that's going to be interesting to see where Bob Kraft goes with this as we wrap this up is where is he going to take this experience? Like, I let Bill Belichick have all this sort of power, and at the end, it kind of came back to haunt us. Because you can't go up to a guy and be like, hey, you've been, you know, you've been, it's like, you know, a manager at a business. Yeah, it's been great. Business is starting to decline. Attitudes are changing. Something's going on at the top. We've got to change something up. I can't just be like, you're now an assistant manager. That guy's not going to stick around because he knows what his role was and he knows where his role's been diminished to. Normally, those people leave. And I think this is just one of those things where good things come to an end. It happened in Dallas, it happened in Buffalo, it happened in Philadelphia, and it's happened in New England. And, you know, sometimes people move on from each other. And I feel like that's what's going to happen. And either way, it's going to be a trade or it's going to be something else. But I'm like you, man. Like, if you start a franchise, you got to know who the foundation is. The foundation's always the head coach. Yeah, and I just think that the Patriots... It, it's really hard. It's going to be whoever they go to is going to be a downgrade from Belichick. Oh, and, yeah. Well, I mean, he's the best in the game. And right that's now. what I'm saying. Like, that's my issue with it is like, we got to think about this is like, do you want to downgrade your coach just because you you're not seeing eye to eye and everything, especially because you're an owner. You're not you're not a general manager. Like they're going to go hire Lincoln Riley and draft Caleb Williams. It wouldn't shock me. And it would be an absolute <laughs> Lincoln Riley is so overrated. It would be an absolute disaster. Uh, if they did that. That'd yeah. be hilarious. Lincoln Riley would love to, cause he's probably gonna get fired next year at USC. Well, yeah. I mean, why not get out before you get, yeah, got get out. out, get out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Get out before they toss you out. That's right. Coming up on the other side, Josh Vernier was on the radio today in December because the Kansas city Royals made some moves. They've been pretty active during the winter meetings and post winter meetings. We'll tell you why on the other side. I think they're better today than they were yesterday. You're listening to after hours on 610 sports radio. After hours with dusty Likens is brought to you by twin peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views, and by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at blue Springs, Olathe or Tracy 610 sports radio. For John Ewing, who does a lot of, uh, I do like this song. Uh, really like this song. Uh, Patriots plus nine and a half versus the Chiefs. This is the only the second time in Belichick's era that New England has been a home dog of nine or more points. In the previous game, the Patriots were plus 11 and a half. They beat the Colts 44 to 13 in week three of the 2001 schedule. 28% of bets currently are on the Patriots to cover. Good luck with that. I don't think Patrick Mahomes ever lost three straight games. I know they don't have to lose in order not to cover, but that uh, if if the Chiefs' defense were bad, mm-hmm. I I would understand if people wanted to take yeah. pads plus nine and a half or whatever it ends up being. But uh, 
Yeah, their defense is pretty great, so I, I think it's a terrible decision to do that. Like, if you can't score one point against the Chargers defense, yeah, I'd hate to know what you can do against the Chiefs right. defense. Right, yeah. I mean, this is one of those, like, I'm not the fantasy guy here. You are, but the yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs defense and fantasy is probably pretty good this week. Yeah, probably on a playoff roster. I did miss the playoffs this year, by the way. Did you? By points. Oh, that's By 50 fewer points. Man, that sucks. And I had a really bad beat this year. I lost by a point and a half, and my defense got me negative two, and Jalen Warren had a fumble. Tough. That hurts. That's tough. My, That's tough. So it was like a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I won a matchup by less than a point. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, it, it came down to yeah. – it was like one play, and they and it got – I think I got – no, it was it – was, Swift, and mm-hmm. I think they called back a play or something, and it ended up helping me out. So. I won four of my last five games. I made key trades, and one of the losses in my last five weeks was by a point and a half because of a negative two spot from the Detroit Lions defense on Thanksgiving Day, and Jalen Warren fumbled. Jalen Warren doesn't fumble, I win. If Detroit Lions just get one more sack, I win. Just the way it goes. That's fantasy football for you. There it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is very very difficult because there's not that much control you have over it. So now I'm just gonna be petty and just try to burn through the consolation bracket because that's when people are just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Boy, you yeah. know I'm trying to get fourth place. <laughs> yeah. My in my money league, like yeah. we give out trophies for consolation and for the oh, for the nice. championship. So, yeah. but like it's like a toilet bowl. So like yeah. it's you you win it, but like it's still making fun of you for for winning the consolation does the last place guy have to do something egregious no we just make fun of we do like an i do like an awards ceremony Uh and i give out awards to every kind of like the dundies oh so you're the commissioner yeah i'm the commissioner and so yeah i i i usually make fun of whoever finishes in last place like like uh, i think last year i gave out a football for dummies book for whoever was last place so yeah i i I like to do that nothing wrong with that make it tough for them yeah uh, Royals made some moves over the last few days. Some pitchers that have been signed. Uh, no secret here, baseball doesn't start for many, many months. Uh, number one problem that the Royals had last year was pitching. The guy they got today was Mr. Lugo. This was Vern's scouting report on that pitcher acquired out of San Diego today. Uh, righty, nice hook. Uh, third, he'll be 30, or he just turned 34, so you give him for you get him for your uh, age 34, 35, 36 season. He uh, came up, debuted with the Mets, was with the Mets for a number of years, uh, signed a two-year deal with the Padres last year, two years for $15 million total. Uh, but for the first time in his career, he went out there and proved that he can be a starting pitcher. Made 26 starts, 140-plus innings, uh, uh, more than a dozen quality starts. So he took the ball. Uh, in a, in a very disappointing season for the Padres, he w- in the, you know along with Blake Snell, uh, he was able to be somewhat of a stabilizing figure. Um, but again, he had someone like Blake Snell and, and other big names to kind of lead that rotation. He could slot into the number three, number four uh, in that rotation. But he he proved that he was able to be a starting pitcher. So instead of going back and making seven and a half million dollars, he opted out. And instead of making $15 million over two years, he's getting $15 million every single season. But again, that, that's the going rate. So there's Josh Vernon, Royals insider here at 610 Sports Rodeo, on Rodeo Radio, uh, explaining the move today and then what Vern is uh, expecting more 
uh, potential from this team than what was last year's, well, just pitiful season in Kansas City. J.J., uh, in, in talking with him last night, he said he expects uh, you know, most of the action to be complete by Christmas. So, yeah, over the next two weeks, you, you, would, you would hope that everything is complete, but uh, things are fluid, as you're seeing. Things uh, happening quick over the past 72, 96 hours. Um, uh, can, can they go? Can they go and, and spend and, and bring in another fifteen million dollar a year free agent starting pitcher? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, spend all the money. It, it doesn't bother me. Are, are they likely to do it that way? Um, I, I don't think so. It, it, all signs point to them acquiring that other starting pitcher via a trade. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe it's happening right now while we're talking. So that's Josh Verner there on Six Ten Sports Trader today talking about the movements and the pieces being acquired for the Kansas City Royals. It was no secret last year. Pitching was atrocious. What was Grinky's record? Two and ten or something like that. Two and fifteen. Five ERA. Looking for a spot uh, to just kind of finish some career numbers. But at least they're active, man. Um, at least they're doing something. They're addressing the problem. Pitching was atrocious last year. The lineup can hit. Right, we we saw that towards the end of the year, they they were able to put up some runs. It was just that it was you're trying to tell a lineup that can probably put up you know four a game, five a game to put up seven to eight because of what your pitching was. And now you've acquired Cole Reagans last year from Texas for trading on Roldis Chapman. You've got Brady Singer for whatever role his his role is. Daniel Lynch a little more pressure taken off whatever his role is as the tall lefty. And now you've gotten Lugo and you've got a couple others, Will Smith as well. And you made moves for your bullpen and your in your starting rotation with arms. That's what this team needs to be somewhat successful last year because it was very 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 disappointing from the pitcher's mound last year for the Kansas City Royals. So they're better today than they were yesterday. They're better today than they were at the end of October and November or not November but October and September. It's good to see them addressing what has been their biggest need for the last couple of years. What a stadium! Well, and more so pitching. They yeah. they are of course struggling on the mound, and their whole gambit of we're gonna just draft a bunch of college arms in 2018 didn't and work. develop them did not work. Like maybe just Singer. Singer's really the only one that panned out for maybe Lynch. Lynch kind of came on in the middle of the year, but that's it. Like Coar's no longer on the team. Boobich has got Tommy John, so we don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, it's it's completely blown up in their faces. So uh, they had to do something like this because you have to, if you want this stadium thing, if you want people to get behind it, you got to build a winning team. Yep. You got to build a team that's competitive. And you, you, last year we were expecting them to do something and they did nothing. Their big move was we're going to bring back, bring back Zach Rinke, and that's mm. it. So, like – this is now the time where you can get people on your side with the stadium deal by fielding a competitive team. So I think this is the right step, but they still got a lot more to prove. And obviously, even if they go get those arms, they still got to put it together next year, but they're on the right track now, but they're still, they're a year too late to to make these kind of moves. Right. And you just, you know, we don't know what the Bobby Wood Jr. situation is. We know it's going to come with an expensive price tag. Salvador, Salvador Perez is still kind of being flaunted around that there could be a trade right. possibility. Um, so, yeah, you want to you want to put a you want to put a team in this city in a new stadium. 
you better put something that's got some, you know, hope to being decent. Yeah. I'm not saying you got to go out there and win the World Series, but let's have some competitive baseball when it's like middle of July. Stop losing 100 games. Like, you can't have a 100-loss team and then expect the public to get behind your stadium deal. And at least you're busy. (laughs) Because how many times before has it been the wintertime and the Chiefs are like, well, we got Jose Guillen. Yeah. That was great. At least they were trying at that time. Because you remember before, they didn't spend money. And then they got Gil Mashing and they got Jose Guillen. And it's like, oh, wow, they're actually trying. To, to do something. And then Gilmesh felt so bad he gave money he back. He gave money back, which is, uh, I mean, I stand up guy for that, but yeah. don't do that. Don't not get in, back money. Not in baseball. Don't get back money. Because then everybody goes, what are you doing, yeah. man? I'm sure his wife was looking at him like, what are you doing, Gil? You gave away how much back? Like how 30 much? million? What are you doing? Take that money. He signed, what, like a five year, $55 million? Five year, deal? 55. Gosh. Yeah. You think that's why he wore the number 55? Probably. That's what I'm wondering. He's probably proud he of that number. It that mu- oh, he yeah, can't be that proud. proud of that he gave number. half it back. Yeah. When he retired, he was he number probably, 23. He probably felt a little <laughs> guilty about it. He probably felt like he, he was like, you know what? I actually didn't earn all that. But I thought it was fine. Yeah. He just he just had injury issues. Everybody and, you know. in baseball that makes contracts said he did what? <laughs> Why would he do that? Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was. I was like, bro, like it's like somebody giving you a hundred dollar tip. And you're like, you know yeah. what? I actually own. I actually earned thirty. Here's seventy dollars yeah, back. Here's seventy back. No, no, take your hundred dollars and shut the hell up. Every off. other server's going. Why would you? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Don't do that. That is generational wealth yeah. right there. Don't do that ever yeah. again. Please. Don't do that. These kids are probably like, Dad, why'd you do that? Because then you know what happens is people start to make like radio takes where they're like, well, Ian Kennedy's do a lot of money next year. Maybe he'll just give half it back. Like, yeah. no, 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 yeah. No, if no, Shohei no. Otani doesn't, well, maybe the the six hundred eighty million that yeah. he won't get paid on that contract yeah. during the the ten years he's with the team, maybe he'll give that back. Yeah, maybe maybe stupid. one day Bobby Opinion will be like, "Stop with the payments." No, I don't want your <laughs> almost two million dollars a year anymore. Stop uh, sending me money. It's no, it's so silly. Yeah, don't do that, please. Somebody from the nine one three says, "Do you think Kelsey has a box under his bed? You better damn believe it." Oh yeah, I guarantee oh, you, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, Kelsey. If Dusty Likens has a box under his bed, Travis Kelsey has yeah. a much bigger box under yeah. his bed. Yeah, and if you don't know what we mean, just keep listening to the music. <laughs> uh, coming up on the other side, there is somebody who has been eliminated from playoff contention. It's not an NFL team; it's an actual human being, and it kind of opened my eyes today. The end is also coming for someone else that's been around football for many, many years. Dusty Likens, Chris Nasera, the Six Ten Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. Damn right, Daddy. Genuine. This song always, and I know this is sad and, and weird at the same time, but this song always reminds me of Jed Marshall, who we lost uh, yeah, earlier this year. But he played this one night when he was producing a show of mine. And I said, have you ever thought about going by the nickname of Genuine Jed? And he was like, I'll never do that. <laughs> yeah, he'd never. <laughs> Coming from a guy who never loved like fish, widespread panic, grateful dead. He played this song and I was like, this is really off the cusp for you. Like, this is something that I did not expect you to play, Jed. And I'm going to start calling you Genuine Jed. He'd be like, please don't do that. Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like something. He, yeah, he'd, he would do that and be like, yeah, I'm not really about that like that. No. R.I.P. Mr. Jed Marshall. Remember that this holiday season, man. Some people have it tougher than you. 
So just go out there and be a little bit nicer for these next few weeks. Unless somebody cuts you off in traffic and they're on their cell phone. Uh, someone who's been eliminated from the playoffs. I don't know if anybody else saw this story today. Al Michaels, man. He's out. It ain't going well with Al Michaels. Uh, NBC and Al Michaels, are uh, they're really not on the same page. I don't think they have been for quite some time. Uh, NBC Sports Vice President Greg Hughes confirmed the assignments to the Post, the New York Post, that is. Michaels did not return messages. Uh, the move continues a dramatic rise for the 27-year-old uh, Eagle, who will be also the call in the Super Bowl as the play-by-play on Nickelodeon SpongeBob telecast. They didn't even give Al Nickelodeon. They didn't even give Al Patrick Starfish. Michael's swap out by NBC has been in the works for a while, according, though. Michaels was apparently caught off guard. They went behind his back. When informed by the Post about it being in limbo, Michael sounded unaware of the possibility, saying, quote, it's in my deal, Michael said. Where are you hearing that from? That's part of my deal. Are you hearing something that I'm not hearing? Apparently, uh, we are the New York Post. We're reaching out for a source. You're the main source. How do you not know about this? NBC decided to move on from Michaels, even though he longed to stay at the top perch of Sunday Night Football. NBC has long promised Tariko the lead role and kept true to its word. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Even after Michaels went out with a tremendous performance for NBC's insuperable LVI in February 2022. So Al Michaels has been taken off of the playoff slate. An end of an era. You think that's the that's the move that'll cause him to be like, you know what? I'm done. Yeah, I mean, he's just got Amazon now. And yeah. I mean, he sounds... I love Al Michaels, but there's times where he just sounds completely disinterested. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say this. He does sound like he's bored. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I will say this. I have watched some boring-ass college football games mm-hmm. this year, and whoever it is, a lot of times it's like Beth Mullins or mm-hmm. some guy you never heard of, and it's like one of the Acho brothers calling it as a as a color commentator. And they work so hard to make that game sound as exciting as possible when it is boring as hell. Like army Navy this past weekend, like mm-hmm. they like, was it, was it Brad Nessler who was yeah, calling it, was it and Gary Danielson? Mm-hmm. They were like, man, this is a great game. They were hyping it up. And like, I mean, neither of these teams is, is, is going to be in the college football playoff and they still hyped the hell out of that game. Mm-hmm. Nestler was on SmackDown at the at the commentary desk for tribute for the true tribute to the troops. Yeah, uh, on Friday, like he was hyping it up. He was all about it, and it wasn't a great football game, but he still sold it. And Al Michaels just sounds like mm, whatever. Right. And the there's game. another play for a first. There's down. a touchdown. He turned into Pat Summerall. Yeah. And Summerall was just, he was always like that. Yeah, he was like, just that very was just, monotone. Yeah, he was very monotone. That's just how he was. But that's not how Al Michaels used to be. No. And now he's kind of downgraded to whatever. Yeah, because you always, could, if you did like a parlay of what Al Michaels would talk about, you could almost guarantee a free spot on your parlay was he's going to bring up the spread 100%. or the over-under at some point. 100%, 100% he yeah. was going to make an allusion to gambling. He'd be like, well, that touchdown was really important for to certain fans. some people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you knew. You, dude. You knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he probably, he probably throw some cash at it. Oh, he, he stayed, probably, he stayed in Kansas a, when he do Chiefs games. Oh, yeah, you already know. Oh, but, yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I get it. 
like I understand why they would do that because yeah, like Tariko, I think Tariko does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Al Michaels was better in his prime, but right now he's very much on the the twilight of his career, and maybe this is the thing that kind of spurs him to retire. Yeah, and, and Tariko's been Aaron Rodgers to Brett Favre for far too long. Yeah, it's I mean, time to just because what they kind of gave him the the. Uh, Bob Costas role as well at NBC. They're like, Costas yeah. is going away. You're going to step in. And now it's like, all right, you're the next guy. Up. Yeah, he was the guy for, he was basically the what Maria Taylor is now mm-hmm. for them. He was doing that before. And they had him there for years. Because you remember, I think it was like, it was like 2016 mm-hmm. when he left ESPN. And then he had Sean McDonough out there with Gruden calling Monday Night Football games. And McDonough was terrible because his voice cracks every game. <laughs> so it's like you got to get him off there. And I think Tessator is actually pretty good. But, like, yeah, I mean, it just it wasn't quite the same when Tariko left until you know, now they got the former Fox A crew. Yeah. And Monday Night Football is much better now. Well, and then Greg Olson's going to go coach the Panthers next year. I, I think Olson should stay in the booth. Yeah. I think Olson's really – he's really impressed. He just me. always looks hungover. Yeah, yeah. He looked like he, 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 had a, he had a late night. But he's always really – he's gotten so much better in the last couple of years. I've really liked him. Yeah, I really like him too. I really liked Ian Eagle too. He's grown oh, up yeah. a lot. I, I hated him 20 years ago because it sure. always seemed like he called the Chiefs losses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, with, same with Harlan, too. Oh, Even though I, 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 lo- I, love his, I love his calls, but it always felt like they, they lost whenever Harlan, call, Harlan called their games. Yeah. But, yeah, I love those two guys now. We're yeah. a little past the clock, but we do it every night, 8 o'clock. It's the out of left field question, 913-586-7610. I'm concerned with what Chris Unicero's answer will be because I'm not sure how invested he is in Christmas movies. But if you could be in any Christmas movie or a character in that movie – who would it be and why? 913-586-7610. Again, it is. If you could be in any Christmas movie or a character in a movie during Christmas, who would it be and why would it be? 913-586-7610. That'll be the out of left field question. Coming up on the other side, you're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio.